just dropped off. And I was like, I don't know. Uh, can I just put another one on? Is it supposed to come off like that? Hmm, I don't know. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Adequate. Our ongoing mission until we are cancelled and replaced by something far superior. To review... It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> to review every Star Trek episode and movie in existence. To seek out new guests and make them very uncomfortable. To boldly go where most Star Trek based YouTube shows have gone before. Hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Trekking Up North. Sonoys didn't realise we'd transition from the intro, he was still doing his monologue about his wheelie. However, we're over seven seconds. You don't we're know fine. that's what we were talking about. Oh, I, it's, as if it's I would have a conversation about my about my little wee wee. About my little little sin. It's yeah. <laughs> Daddy's little sin. No, no, no! Can't we can't call it Daddy's little sin? Oh, that sounds that sounds like a type. That sounds like a cocktail. Oh, hey, cocktail. a cocktail or a sex offence. It's uh, one of them. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Okay. It's it's a special day on the USS Adequate. It's Martini Day. Um, because I, I love that you were you were saying oh, I'm going to wait until the episode starts before I start drinking the martini, and then after talking to me for five minutes, you were like. <laughs> so let's get this started. Yes, um, we are celebrating this week, ladies and gentlemen, because it is the finale of Strange New Worlds season two. Wow, is, it, is that a celebration? Like, I, 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 yes. I, I have to admit, okay, like I was so excited for this episode, I absolutely loved this episode, and then it got to the end, and when it came up with the to be continued, because obviously, cliff spoilers, cliffhanger, um. Yeah. I got this pang of, oh no, I hadn't quite prepared myself for the series finishing. Like, yeah. as in, there's not going to be another new one for a while. A and long time. It made me sad. It's I'm very sort of, oh, that was really that was really good, but also, <laughs> I have yeah, to it was. I, I mean, I when I saw the the last three words to be continued, I did shout out loud for fuck's sake. <laughs> Because it's been a while, it's it's been a hot minute uh, for Star Trek to pull the to be continued. I mean, we we've had it on lower decks, but I mean, in in an actual live action series, mm. not since Enterprise have we had a to be continued. So I was I was shocked. I mean, because I I wasn't even looking at the clock or anything like that. It was I was so engrossed into the episode that when that happened. It, it took me aback and then like you i realized shit it's not going to be a year it could be potentially a year and a half two years depending yeah. how long the strike goes on because guys season three has been greenlit there has been production but nothing has been made but and the strike the is going how, on how long things take to do in yeah Hollywood. and it's this idea of if the strike ends tomorrow it's still going to be a year before they get anything written, oh. before they get anything greenlit, you know? So it's, it's still like, going to be oh, delayed. Boy. Yeah, so um, we are here, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, treks and trekkers, aliens of all uh, species and corporeal forms. To Except Mackham. Except Mackham. Yeah. Fuck them Mackhams. <laughs> Considering I technically am one now, they, they've accepted me as one of their own. I'm they, a They've smoggy. licked me. They've I... covered me in their scent. 
I'm a smoggy. You're from the planet Honk. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Gisian mm. from the planet Honk. Yes, because it is Sites Officer Sonoys and Captain Goodwill here. <laughs> um, I didn't do. I didn't even give them our names. How dare we? Um, <laughs> but yes, we are here to review episode 10 of season 2 of Star Trek Strange New Worlds Hegemony. We are just so excited about this guys, we just want to get straight into it. Um, yeah. As you already... And because we don't, want to know, we don't want to do another two and a half episode. Two no. and a half hour episode. Because like, uh, although, hilariously, uh, just before we get started, I just want to point out, like, I still don't feel like we talked enough about enough about subspace subspace rhapsody. Like as in from over the last week, I'm like I I still have loads of thoughts about it, and I'm just like, oh well. Like so, hopefully we will be able to get them out when we discuss you know the overview overview yes. of Strange New Worlds with uh, Adanic. But like I I just wanted to ask you, have you been listening to the soundtrack from Subspace Rhapsody I'm... over the past week? Uh, not over the past week, the the, the, the couple of days after, uh, and then obviously life has gotten into the way. Mm-hmm. I I very rarely uh, listen to music at the moment. I'm I'm very very mm. busy, and if it's not like if I'm not doing my full like my first job, I'm doing this uh, or I'm doing yeah. something else. And with as as some of you know, everything that's going on, and it's sort of like I it's there i really want to listen to the extended versions because i have seen on spotify and it's like oh damn that's not actually two minutes that's like four minutes 36 and this is this and i'm just like i I, really want to listen to it i was actually wrong they're not all extended it's i just listened to one luckily keeping secrets is extended keeping Mm. secrets has a second verse which isn't actually in the episode but everything else i think is pretty much the same but it's the fact of it's just I have listened to it so much, so many times. Like I've literally just, I know all the words now I've listened to it and it's, and I've got, that's why I've got thoughts. Cause I'm just going like, these lyrics are even cleverer than they were. than I, they were when, you know, we did the episode. I, I appreciate like, Oh, yeah. these are really good. You know, I appreciate a musical where the lyrics of a song are sort of very much like a well-written script they are profound and they're like deep insights into people's psyches and stuff like that because that's what a musical is it's 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 mm. emotions unfurled and and splayed across the screen and stage and stuff like that it, it's a very like i said it's a very good way of quick exposition where you yeah. just go you can convey a lot about a character without needing to sort of do any build-up or whatever by having them sing a song about something yeah. like as we see with everything una sings throughout the whole thing which is basically going hey i used to keep secrets now i don't you shouldn't as well and then with gilbert and sullivan okay. yeah it's like oh i like gilbert and sullivan and then it's done in that way and then getting the exposition about uh uhura's background and stuff it's all incredibly clever but to go to this episode i love that like one of the first things that we have um where in the in the first scene we have a reference to the musical yeah i I like basically goes oh it's been good i haven't been breaking into song every 10 minutes and i just want to point out how cool this is because most of the time the other shows that have done it don't draw attention to the musical episode like it Mm. takes a totally standalone thing like i'm pretty sure that buffy never 
ever mentions the music that Never everyone did. started singing. And I'm pretty sure Supernatural doesn't bring it up. It just happens and then yeah. never spoken of again. So it kind of is cool that Stranger World is unashamedly, yes, we did a musical episode. And yes, it is canon. And yes, it is part of the actual, you know, what all the they characters own it. are aware of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they, they absolutely own it. Um, guys, if you haven't guessed already, this is a pre-recorded episode. Uh, so we won't be able to see of me. <laughs> we won't be able to see many of your slurs in the chat uh, uh, against <laughs> us. So I apologize, Beth, um, that your insults will be uh, ignored. But hello to everyone who is watching the video. Hello to all our regulars. Hello to Lee, Paul, Beth, Christopher, Peaches, Lan, so many more. And, and Ensign Bailey, Mark, if you're in the chat, just hello yeah. to you all. I, I just want to give a quick shout out. No, we should do it at the end, okay? But yeah. if you're on Twitch, if you watch Twitch, you should follow uh, Lee. Because basically his channel is Supreme Lee and then the letter D. So it's like Supreme Lead. Daddy. Leader. Because uh, he he doesn't he doesn't have like 50 followers yet. And you need 50 followers in order to basically get all of the cool stuff, like channel yeah. rewards and stuff. But he is an incredibly fun streamer. Like I was watching him when he went live on Tuesday or Wednesday. And Wednesday. I was just like, he's really charismatic. He's really fun. He definitely needs a lot more people following him. Especially now he has a child and has a lot of time when he is awake. <laughs> and also so... was sent to the shop to buy milk and returned with <laughs> £50 worth of snacks, most of them crisp or crisp-related dips. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not one to toot my own horn, but Lee, when your missus gets sick of you, call me. <laughs> but make sure you I drop mean, yeah. a... Are you buy for snacks? Is yes. that what you're saying? Yeah, yes. <laughs> I'm buy for Cheetos. Um, but me, <laughs> when your missus goes, get out! DM me. I will I give that. you my postcode. There's no if there. There's no if, Lee. That's when? just when. <laughs> when this happens, call me. So, Soon. faith in your relationship right there. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anyway, the I'll yes, like, the episode, yeah, season two, episode ten of Star Trek: Strange New Worlds Hegemony. <laughs> we open up at it's not funny, so noise. It's a promise. We, know... <laughs> okay, yeah, we open up uh, with the USS Cayuga at Stardate two three four four point two, orbiting the colony Parnassus Beta, which is just outside of Federation space. The founders designed this colony to be a small Midwestern town, uh, which ironically looks which is like convenient. <laughs> it's just like very oh, convenient. It's almost like the filming location looked a little it's, bit like that. It's almost like it's the filming lot to Paramount in Canada. But I, um, I was I was thinking of all the cameos after all the wonderful cameos we had in Picard. I was like, is this just an excuse to get Tom Paris to fucking show up? They're like, look, it's old Americana. Oh, look, you have a God. reason to be here. They <laughs> landed on Fairhaven. Yeah, he just he just rocks up in an old American car, and he's just like, "Hello, my whole thing is like random American." I am a pilot. Um, <laughs> yes, so the Cayuga is here uh, because this is a colony that is settled by humans, but it's not part of the Federation. They are outside of space. They want to retain. Uh, they are a protectorate. Um, but they are not a member of the Federation. So the Cayuga mm. is there to help them with their agricultural issues and do routine vaccines of the population. Yeah. Uh, 
while they are chapel is there as well nurse chapel is there with the vaccination yeah chapel has hitched a ride on a cayuga to go uh start a fellowship early with dr corby who mm. for fans of the original series and trek altogether is who she marries mm. uh before the events of the original series well, aren't, aren't they split before yes, they are estranged so we're not really saying much about chapel uh chapel okay, chapel no, she's vulcan She's become no, Vulcan. I'm saying Dave Chappelle. <laughs> wow, Dave, he pulls Dave off Chappell, Jess Bush Dave quite Chappell. nice. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think to be fair, you know, he he looked worse when he was, you know, a couple of years ago, but he looks great now, and I loved his song in last week's episode. Hmm. But um, the come uh, <laughs> on, can we start this as a no? <laughs> Dave Chappell, Nurse Dave Chappell. Do, anyway, do you want a conspiracy? Uh, do you want a conspiracy? I what? have, I have. Because obviously everything's going on. I, I'm like, I can't be asked gaming. I'm going to catch up on my backlog. I watch the uh, the reimagining of Hawaii Five-O that was on Paramount. Yeah. There was a new mayor of Honolulu that came in. Okay. Rosalind Chan. Oh, yes. Mayor Keiko. <laughs> oh, it's too much. It's... Slowly telling gathering you, power. Telling you now. She's in she's in power. government now, lads. She's in government. She's achieved an office. She's taken over an island. I yeah. I, I, I I fully I I concur. I've her power is too great, so I will when she makes a bid for power, I'm gonna change sides. I'm just you know, yeah. I will betray everyone. Steve McGarrett, you've got your numbers. So uh <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> Chapel is hitching a ride on the Cayuga to start her fellowship early with Dr. Corby. Uh, she decides to beam back because she, she's basically she's done everything she can in the colony. She's going to beam back to the Cayuga and do some preparations for the fellowship. So she leaves. Mm. Uh, Bartel gets a call from Pike uh, on her, should we call it an iPad? I don't yeah. care, tablet. Can I, can I just point out before this, though, obviously we got a bit of pre-shadow because you know what we're saying about how we didn't get really get two parters anymore. Like we don't, no. you know, but I think it's because the format has changed because it's very much Picard and Discovery and like Strange New Worlds because everything is story arcs now. Like it, it's basically, you know, I mean, DS9 kind of introduced it like properly where it kind of goes hey you can have an evolving plot over the course of a series yeah. whereas tng tended to be like hey cool the borg appeared but now we're back to normal monster of you know, the week like, yeah yeah and it but but then and then ds9 started having consequences that lasted more like more than the actual episode yeah arc. yeah but like now it seems like we don't really get two parters because it's like well everything like sort of lands you know dislike of uh you know what they called the um, the gone Una's no well, the oh. Gorn and Una's race. Ah, oh, Illyrians. Yeah, like you know her, her dislike of genetically modified people and all all of these things are like, they're kind of what would be in a two parter normally, and then you'd never speak of it again, yeah. pretty much. But then it is, you know, so we don't really have much space for them. But two Vicks, anyone? It, but it's great that we had like um. At the beginning of this, where we have the Gorn, where yeah. it literally just goes, oh, previously on uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and then it goes, references the Gorn episode from season one, and you're like going, oh, fuck, I know oh. exactly where this episode is going to go. <laughs> you know? Well, it's called Hegemony as well, and it's, you know, that's obviously the Gorn Hegemony. Uh, that it, that it's I, I didn't see the episode title. It, didn't, yeah. it doesn't come up. They never do. Like, 
Yeah. Yeah. They 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 never ever do. Um, it is it is good, but the the the, the continuity. Like you said, compared to the next generation, and, and I mean, to be honest, most of the like the original Trek and the nineties Trek, it was like, oh yes, he he murdered a man in cold blood. Okay, next week he's playing trombone, and it's like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I know. I quite like that they referenced like the musical episode, like you know, Pike yeah. just goes like, oh yeah, remember when we were singing all the time? He's just like, oh great, and you know, we've had loads of stuff like. Like a horror, constantly referencing Hemmer and constantly referencing these things, and and this bit of a we and we see more of it this week. But the weird relationship that she has with uh, Pelia, where she's trying to forge yeah. a relationship, but Pelia just refuses to have any relationships with anyone. Yeah, <laughs> but she complain about stuff, but then but she's very like, stuck in a way. Hey, I don't want to get close to anyone, yeah. but also I don't want to be left out. And you're like, that's a very difficult position to be in, <laughs> you know, to put and, yourself in. Yeah, and you're the chief engineer in charge of staff. So you're a pretty bad team leader if you don't like people, but um, yeah, she's so... a terrible teacher as well. She's like a, apparently a great teacher, but then she just hates people, and you're like, she just gives crap grades <laughs> as well. Apparently, as we'll find out in the episode. But uh, <laughs> so Bartel is talking to Pike. Pike is basically calling, seeing how everything goes. Now, this this mission was foreshadowed in the previous uh, episode uh, in Subspace mm-hmm. Rhapsody, where Bartel said, you know, we have to cancel, postpone our vacation because I have got a, a priority mission that I need to do. This is the priority mm-hmm. mission. As they are talking, Pike says, I miss you. Oh, can I get that down in writing? Ha, 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 communication yeah. lost. And there's a bit of a pause, and, mm-hmm. and Pike's just like, okay, the signal might be bad. Uh... Bartel goes to uh, one of her crew members. Are we having issues with uh, communications? They try to contact the Cayuga. They are not successful. Bartel orders to try again. Next thing, they look up. There's a shuttle coming down, crash lands. Mm. And Bartel's like, reach them, reach the Cayuga. And he's still staring at it. It's just like the quintessential as well. This massive alien ship descends from the heavens. And she just goes my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like the beginning of the movie it's stan marsh isn't it? oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is a great scene like it's you know where and it's nice to have a bit more of her like you yeah. know this episode made me realize two things though that i'll get into when we get to them when we get to what happens next but, yeah you know. so as that happens as she's going oh my god <laughs> we go back to the Enterprise, who is receiving a distress call from the Cayuga. Uhura passes it through. You can see the immediate like alarm on Pike's face, where he sees mm-hmm. distress call, USS Cayuga. Broken transmission, a bit garbled, but what they can make out is uh, they are under attack by the Gorn. So yeah. the first thing Pike does, right, that's it. Get me April on the blower. Get us there as quickly as you can. Again, April is apparently the only admiral in Starfleet that will talk to people and take <laughs> calls. Well, she's the only one who hasn't been taken over by some kind of alien or is a changeling. Or, you okay, know that, cool. that joke where it's like literally like where it shows like the I, I saw like a meme the other day that was talking about the percentage of Starfleet admirals and it's got like 1% of them are actual good people and the rest yeah. of them are either... Horrible bastards, uh, changelings, or like, you know, uh, body snatchers. There's a lot of bad moves. All species 8472. And you're like, there's a. (laughs) I saw the Spider Man one as well with it, where it's literally sort of like 
uh, whatever the the creature that takes them over in um conspiracy, but then like changeling and then uh species eight four seven two all a spider man pointing at each other. Butt bugs. <laughs> that's what they used to be called. The butt bugs. That's what. Um... Butt bugs. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they received that distress call. April uh is speaking to Pike. April says that the the planet is outside of Federation jurisdiction, therefore they don't have any power to act on anything. Um, mm. And they are absolutely shit scared of triggering an all-out war with the Gorn. Tensions mm. have been heightened. We've seen this, we saw this even in the first episode of season two where we saw like the Gorn trying to like amass a fleet at the borders and stuff like that. So yeah. basically, April orders Pike do reconnaissance don't get involved. Just don't interfere. Do not provoke a war. However, yeah. April is fully aware of Pike's feelings towards Bartel. He knows Bartel is there, and he's like, do not let that cloud your judgment. Mm. You can already see in Pike's eyes what he is going to do when he gets there. So we're like, yeah, okay. Straight out of the other end. Yeah. They warp to uh, the colony world, and the one thing they see is the wreckage of the USS Cayuga. And you're like, like oh. we're not talking wreckage. We're talking like half of it is missing. Like there's yeah. literally half of the saucer section is just gone. But I love the fact in the next scene, the first thing Pike says to his bridge crew is no assumptions. Do yeah. not make assumptions. Uh, Spock immediately starts to scan for life signs. They can't. They cannot scan. There is a blocker. They cannot raise communications. And they cannot use the transporters. There is some sort of inhibiting field emanating from the colony. And they don't know how to get around it or what's causing it or anything like that. Mm. Pike then reasons, I believe, to himself to try and justify that she's all right. That... Uh, Bartel and most of her crew were on the ground helping the colonists and he believes with all hope that most of them are still down there yeah. safe and sound and that the, the Cayuga you know, was minimal life lost basically for want of a better term um, so as they are doing the scans are gone, Huntership warps in yeah, and then, these are the ones that we've already seen. Yeah, these are the ones we've already seen. The hunter ship warps in, and then Hura receives a incoming transmission from Starfleet, which has been sent by the Gorn to Starfleet, which is literally just an image of the system that they are in with a demarcation line that cuts a swath between the moon and the planet where they are. Can, can we just talk about how horrifying this is? Like, oh, yeah. imagine that you just had an enemy that won't even that doesn't respect you enough to actually try and communicate with you properly. It just literally just sends a demand effectively, which is what it is. You know, they just go, here's an image of how we want to lay out this territory. We own this. And that's it. There is no discussion. There is literally... Yeah, they have just this. taken it. Yeah. And and it's this, this idea of... It shows... I mean, obviously, you know, this does mess with the timeline a fair bit, like what we know as canon, because obviously, like, the whole thing about the next gen and the whole thing about DS9 is going, oh, Starfleet is not prepared for war. Like, you know, it's just survived the Klingon war, and it's kind of limped through that. And now, it, and then obviously, like, the next time we go, oh, we are not ready for this is when the Borg appear with Wolf 359. And then it's like, with this, we're kind of going, oh, shit, we're kind of going... They could potentially 
go to war with the Gorn, which would massively change I the do timeline think, as we know it. I well, think. well, because the Gorn are a real threat. Like they you know, are the a real threat here. It's the fact of they could really fuck the Federation up in its relative infant infancy. They, here. they are a real threat. I don't think, and I, and I'm, I'm going to say it now. I'm going to give credit to the writers. I don't think we will see an all-out gone Federation war. Mm. I think there may be spats, and that will be it. Because as we find out that you know that there's potentially a weakness that can be exploited, yeah. but I don't mm. think, I really don't think there's going to be a war. I don't. I, if if they've been so careful with the cannon all the way through this season, yeah, uh, Kirk's. Uh, Kirk and Carol Marcus, the pregnancy, uh, how Kirk only met Pike when he was a, a fleet admiral. Yeah. And I mean, like... Spock, like Spock, Spock is brilliant. Like like his line in his song, uh, I, I'm i the ex or whatever. From, yeah. From last week where he says like, what is it? Uh, yeah, what is it? Un- unbending reason must be my true north. Where it's yeah. this idea of his failed relationship with Chapel is what, is what, affirms him that he needs to focus on his Vulcan side and makes him into the Spock we know. And he's just like, this is just genius. This is just genius that they've they've deterred, they've added uh, detoured, they've added new stuff in, but then they've also gone, yeah, but we know how we need to end up. And I think that's beautiful, really, rather than being like, oh, we totally changed the character because it was boring writing like that, which is what I think a lesser show and lesser writers would do. So I have faith that they won't screw like judging from this season i have faith that they won't screw the cannon up that much i think obviously spoilers for further in the episode but it's the fact of because they've kind of got the gorn's weakness and they've had time to work on it it kind of negate it it's it's as if it's as if you know the week after wolf 359 the the doctor was there and went oh i've created nanoprobes that can uh yeah like take bug if it was that you'd be like oh cool the war's not going to happen because we've already solved the problem yeah that's how it feels like they've addressed the gorn here which is cool where it means like in another reality maybe the gorn are the next the big wake-up call that the federation needed yeah yeah so uh i've lost where yeah so we we We're see talking was, about, yeah, yeah no, destruction no, of the kaluga, kaluga yeah. and the blocking all the signals. the demarcation line that we've received that basically says this is ours you stay on this side f off ttfn pike immediately does the old picard ready room yeah. whereas pike is uh, whereas picard's just like conference because you know when is it whenever there's a disaster you have a conference i i have to say how amazing um I loved Una in all of this because of how mm. crazy pragna- pragmatic they are. Like, you yeah. know, how they're the number one. And then throughout this whole thing, they're just instantly like, bang, bang, bang. This is what we need to do. And I love that. Like, I, I genuinely love that we have a character. We have so many characters who are just good at their jobs. And it's wonderful. And it's what I loved about Star Trek. You yeah. know, the idea of like, they weren't. They had human failings, but then they felt they they feel like military people where they're like, cool, yeah, I do have all of these insecurities, but it doesn't affect how I do my job because I've been trained to do things professionally. But it's also like, it, it's also in this next scene where where Pike goes, we have been told to stay here, therefore I am going anyway. 
but I am not going to order you to follow me. I will mm. only need volunteers because at least if anything does happen in a military tribunal, they can say, well, they acted under their own accord. You know, yeah. they were they were not ordered or anything. They were not coerced, shall we say, by Pike. They volunteered. Naturally, they all volunteer. Spock mm. especially because he wants to find Chapel. Um, yeah. And he hopes that she's on the surface of the planet with the rest of the Cayuga crew. I mean, the last time they spoke was not an argument. Well, it was technically strong, it was but you know, it's yeah, it's this idea where it was a it was a bitter breakup, and then to think that he never gets to speak to her again, you know, that's yeah, pretty hard for him. It is pretty. He hard. feels emotions stronger than anyone else. Sam Kirk walks in, and <laughs> also volunteers because he wants to uh, study the Gaunt up close. Uh, and Lan goes with a phaser, and he's like, "How else would we determine the best way to kill them?" I, I think, I think I love this where it's the fact of like, they all just want to kill the Gorn, like, and that's the thing. It's obviously what Pike was saying earlier is that the the you know he's fully you know Pike is a very you know um, a very sort of caring person genuinely sees no way to reason with the Gorn. Like, He's, actually yeah. sees them as monsters. Well, and he says that to that April, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, he? Yeah. He, so, he sometimes just they're, says, just mon- they're, they're just monsters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes they're just monsters. And it's... Yeah, and yeah. that's the thing. And it's the fact that we haven't seen any redeeming qualities for the Gorn yet. Like, they genuinely are just this... Like, they're probably even worse than the... Borg, where the Borg had a purpose, whereas the Gorn just seemed to just destroy. Destroy and, and reproduce. Yeah, and then, uh, and it's strange that everyone in this scene, even in Umbenga's, like, yeah, I just want to kill the Gorn. And the person who actually speaks out logically is Lan. Like, yeah. you know, who's just going, hey, actually, we need to think about this. You know, and Fizzes she's might the one not out of enough. all of them yeah. who should want to wipe the Gorn out. But it's this idea of professional, but... But uh, but I do like, though, that basically Pike just goes, yeah, we're probably going to try and kill some Gorn. And as we found out in the first episode we saw with them, how incredibly resilient they are, like how difficult yeah. it is. Like where we had a whole episode where a whole group of them couldn't even take out like, what was it, like four infants? Yeah, the, the, the like, four babies or something. Yeah, 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 that's that's who they were fighting. And, and Laan basically says that phases might not be enough to stop them. And then Pike chimes up and he's like i'm we may have something beams in crate 32 uh, which is like the tastiest loot box in starfleet because (laughs) as we find out when they open it these are these are weapons specifically designed by starfleet uh intelligence and r&d to fight the gorn modulating phases sensors that they can that can detect the gorn uh nitrogen grenades that will freeze them and and essentially kill them and then umbenga chimes in is like it'll kill anything yeah, I, I do like the idea about this. Where it was like, you know, I, I what I saw something where I was talking about ways to kill a vampire, and you're like, oddly enough, a lot of these are ways to kill anything. anything. You know, like yeah. chopping its head off, and I'm like, going, okay, cool. You don't need to be a vampire to die from that. I <laughs> love Ort- I love Ortega's little thing though, just uh, break in case of war. You know, I know what is it? It's like uh, I wrote it down where it's just like, oh, break in case of gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, then also in this scene, I. This is what I was saying, though. Like, imagine if they had the stuff to research. If the Borg didn't teleport or melt their dead, and they could do this level of research on them before 
uh, you know, after Wolf 359 or after the first occurrence of them, we would have been able to deal with them better. Yeah. And it's this, this idea of how amazing Starfleet's research and development is that they've been able to actually go, oh, the Gorn are becoming a problem. We need to find a solution to the fact that they are immune to our weapon fire. Um, but yeah, also in this scene, I just want to point out, like there is a lingering shot where we just see Sam's ass for a while. And <sighs> I knew it was coming. That's pert. That, that is, that is pert. Now, I'm, I'm not saying we need more screen time of sam but i'm appreciating additional angles Jesus of sam Christ. <laughs> the joys of 4k streaming <laughs> Back on... <laughs> it's the mustache thank you strange new world yeah. thank you paramount um writers be paid fairly this is why i don't control the images because the images that you see along the bottom they would just be all that shot there would just be that down there. other stuff happened in this episode but well, I'm not gonna. Thought. I kind mm. of feel awful. I kind of feel awful now. I deliberately um, eliminated the one image with Sam Kirk in it because a lot of people don't realize. Logging off. Logging yeah, off. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize the the ticker banner that that's going across below. Paul um, kindly formats that into the the film reel that you see. Now this. This is yeah. We, I am stupidly <laughs> idiotic that I don't own Photoshop. I own a dodgy version um, <laughs> called GIMP. So um, yeah, GIMP isn't a dodgy version. GIMP is a perfectly really valid. Really, is it's software. Photoshop from twenty years ago. So, but what happens is, I they do, Paramount do press releases every, and they go, "These are the images for this week's episode." And you think, brilliant, we can get it done. We can get previews. However. Um, whoever releases these seems to think that um, formatting is not an issue. So JPEGs are framed all over the place. You will have a widescreen, you will have a 4x3, a 16x9, a 5x7. And then I'm sat there and I'm like, Paul's going to kill me when he sees this. <laughs> Because we've got a lovely square film that, and I'm just like, I, I can't. So I had to omit Sam because it was just literally the worst four by nine of Sam that you could ever imagine. It was literally like, there's the frame, and it was just his yeah. mustache. And I was like, why? That's of all what? I need. That's enough for me. But why release like <laughs> just that? Do you it know is what I mean? Weird, though, like you know, usually press things kind of have a kind of standard. It's a press pack. Them, but yeah. yeah, it's a standard. I've. It's only been since Strange New Worlds because the Picard press pack was fine and never had any issues with it. This is just being like, oh, this is a portrait. This is landscape. This is widescreen. This is anamorphic for some reason. And he just like, <laughs> fucking. Also, playing. anamorphic is one of my favorite drag queens in Newcastle. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Are they wide? Not, no, surprisingly, quite small though. Quite small. Ah, it's an ironic um, name. It's like shorty. <laughs> that's it. Um, shorty. <laughs> Sorry, go on. But yeah, um, but no. So they've got the weapons that can actually fight the Gorn. So they're actually armed to the teeth with stuff that will actually work against the Gorn, which is kind of great. Uh, and then in the next scene, basically they find out that um, well, they're talking about how the hell they actually are going to cross the border to get to the planet in without order to being uh, like, look for survivors without yeah. being noticed by the Gorn. Because as soon as the ship goes anywhere over that line, it's going to get detected and probably shot up, shot down. Yep. Uh, and then it's Ortegas who points out that, hey, look what they're not attacking, this debris field. 
even though their sensors should be picking it up as a threat because it's moving around and stuff. So she she works out that um yeah basically if it's debris then they're not noticing it. So she suggests oh we could get a shuttle disguise it as debris turn all the engines off and just have it kind of float like through the debris field and they're not going to actually notice it. Can we and then can can we just point out as well and I'm sorry to interject here when did it become socially so, when did it become socially acceptable to just play the red alert noise when at red alert at all times the red flashing lights and the actual <laughs> words red alert should be enough to make you alert not just <laughs> for hours on end because Someone i would... hasn't got to the end of a resident evil game and it shows <laughs> yeah i would murder a bit. <laughs> where you literally just go oh the last five minutes of the game well half an hour of the game is literally just going i'm so sick of that fucking siren yeah <laughs> you know, like, i would just blow the mansion up i don't care anymore. i would murder a bitch but yeah so ortegas comes along with this plan where it's uh well let's just take you know why why don't we just disguise ourselves as debris and just cross I mean, straight I'm through trash the line normally, like... so it's fine. So by doing this, Ortegas has uh, basically volunteered herself to be the pilot well, of this. Well, I love this where basically she points out, hey, we could totally do this. And then Pike's just like, that sounds incredibly difficult. You should come with us. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then and then Ortegas is like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, like realizing that she's just volunteered when they are herself. When they but are doing it. But then Pike points out, hey, I thought you wanted to be part of an away mission. Which is referring back to the should have been an Ortega should have been an Ortega episode episode earlier in the series, uh, where you know so it's this idea of be careful what you wish for. I think where Did... basically she it's not she's not just on an away mission. She's on the most dangerous away mission they're going to have this entire series. So they 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 decorate the shuttle in wreckage and they are flying through. Now I have I have two things I want to I want to ask about. Well, not ask two things I want to raise about this. <laughs> In space, you don't need perpetual, you don't need constant uh, thrusters or anything like that to propel you because you'll just remain at that velocity until uh, a force stops you. Which we see later. Which we see later. later. Now, if you are going past the bot, if you're going, if you're crossing that demarcation line, mm. and they are, they've got sensors. Why is your engine still on? You would just literally just turn off and just float in the yeah. general direction, right? So that's my one point. The other point, the reference zombie movies where you dress up as a zombie uh, so you, you fool the other zombies. Now, yeah. I don't know if you've seen Serenity. I have, but not for a very long time. This, I saw it when it came out. This was, was very, this was very when they, they decked out the Serenity in Reaver styles with skeletons and wreckage and stuff to disguise mm. themselves. As that, I got very strong like Reaver Serenity yeah. vibes in this scene where they're just like they're covered in scrap and stuff like that. It could and be a reference. It, I it's hope like it a... is. I really Wait, hope it is. This is the thing though. I was watching this being like, hang on, would that work with zombies? Like I was saying, like I've never seen that work in a movie, but then like I'm sure there are movies where that happens. I just can't bring any to mind. But also, it's the idea of well, actually. How is a zombie going to tell that you're not alive? Because it's not as if they can smell. It's not like they're a predator where they can smell that you're warm-blooded or they can feel your blood or anything. Because the whole point of a zombie is that it's just sheer like will alone. It's I guess. a parasite controlling uh, a corpse, essentially. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. So it's this idea of going, well, actually, yeah, you probably could fool zombies. Because if they just go, oh, you don't look like you're tasty, then that's all they can go on, I guess. Is it? Is it just looking tasty? 
I don't know. Like, I suppose, it, to be fair, there is no consistent law on zombies. But then again, it kind of works. The euphemism works. But I love what Spock says, where it's like, you know, Una just goes, oh, have you never seen a zombie movie? And Spock's like, I've never seen a zombie. I have seen movies. I'll add it to the list. I'll add it to the list, yeah. His Netflix backlog is huge. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. But they do make it through the debris field. They enter the atmosphere. And Ortega does some mighty fancy flying. Um, I, I think the funniest thing is this scene with Ortegas where like <laughs> what Pike yeah, shits himself yeah Pike is just sitting there being like oh my god and and like you're saying though they use the thrusters to start with to get yeah. them into the debris field to set the motion off but then I think they turn them off I don't know but they certainly turn them off when they actually get into the atmosphere and they basically just fall they literally yeah. just plummet and uh, Pike's there getting all of the G's <laughs> um, and then basically just freaking out and Otegas is like no no we're going to wait till the last possible minute because they might you know because they might pick us up on their sensors otherwise and yeah and pulls it off and basically Pike just goes you were incredibly good at this I forgot the actual line he, 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 he points out what an incredible pilot well, well, she, well she, she turns around and goes I thought you were a test pilot <laughs> and he goes was but then he turns around and he goes, "You were born to do this." Yes, that's what he's. And I, I love that. I, I, it's so. Give us you our Ortegas episode. I'm, I. This is the this is the point of the episode where I got I started getting scared because oh. the way it was framing characters and the way it was being so serious about the Gorn invasion made me go, "Somebody's gonna die," and it felt like one of those episodes where every character kind of gets the target put on them, mm. where it just kind of goes, oh, look, there's a lot of focus on Ortegas. Maybe she won't make it through this. Oh, look, Sam's appeared and he's being involved, which doesn't happen because Sam doesn't get the time. They're clever at doing this, yeah. though. They've done this it. loads of times. And then it was just going, oh, shit. And then later on, it has like going, hey, maybe Spock's going to die. And then you're just going... Oh, maybe Pelly is gonna die. Yeah, and it's literally just the, and it goes through all the characters. And I don't, it's not as telegraphed as I think it would be if they were intentionally doing this. But that was my feeling on it, where I was just like, oh no, I'm not quite emotionally prepared for us to lose anyone. No, because I love everyone so we, much. We do have so. that. We do have that set cast who we know makes it but it's the ensemble not to around... season three though no what but if what, what i mean doesn't is... have otegas what if it doesn't have chapel you no know? what i mean is we know chapel we know spock we know pike we know they make yeah. it what i mean is the ensemble around them una ortegas la yeah. pelia and you're like i'd and say this... though, like i'd say pelia maybe not but I'd say everyone else is still like this is this isn't discovery where it's like, oh, cool. As long as it's not Michael Burnham, anyone else could, you know, whatever. Yeah. But it's like like but this is like DS9 or anything where, you know, like you can't lose someone like no. it literally it's infeasible that we would lose Odo or that we'd lose Riker or something. And, you know, this feels very much like that same level of no, we like Ortegas isn't a secondary character. She is one of the main ensemble but, you know but like, this is this is again a testament but sam isn't i'd say sam isn't and i'd say pelia isn't sam survives Cha we chapel know. is 
But, it, it, you know, you know that thing where I'm like, oh, I'm worried. We know. I'm worried. What if they kill one of the main ones off? We know Sam survives. We know Chapel survives. This is that. What I'm saying is it's a testament to the excellent writing that we love these characters who we've only known for essentially two seasons. But we love yeah. these characters so much that we're like, if they die, we riot. And Sam's been barely fucking in it. <laughs> Pelia's been barely fucking in it, you know. But, but I still care about yeah. I will still defend them to the death. But they are scene stealers. Even if it's just leaving crumbs on a desk. Don't <laughs> test me, Kirk. I will break you. Uh, <laughs> I love how you, you made a big fuss about the memes for that. And then I started seeing them. And I was like, okay, these are good. Yeah, these are good. <laughs> these, are, these are quality memes. Spock is a cat. What was it? No, no. <laughs> Spock is a screaming woman. Sam Kirk is the cat. Um... Yeah, anyway. Uh, back on the bridge of the Enterprise, Spock is still trying to scan for life signs. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not given up hope that uh, that Chapel is there. She is... Um, he's, he is trying to scan the debris of the Cayuga because he's done a spectral analysis and he believes that there is pockets of oxygen in the, the hull remnants. So it mm-hmm. is possible that people could have survived. Una is trying to sort of let him down to basically, you know, Spock... I don't yeah. think anyone's alive over there. But she's doing it in the most first officer, senior uh, member of the crew way possible, where she's well, like, she's not just saying she's dead. She's trying to just reduce his hopes a little bit. I, I, I think this is the scene where basically, like, they find out that uh, Chapel did return to the ship. Like yes. she's not, she she wasn't on the planet. They realize, oh, she did actually return to the ship, and then they look at the thing and they're like, oh, medical has been totally destroyed. Yeah. Like that is that is the chunk that is missing out of the other ship. So effectively, they're going, hey Spock, don't want to burst your bubble, but she did return to the ship, and she probably was in medical, and medical is. Gone. There is a hole where it's yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. like okay, um, and uh, but obviously he's not giving up because they, you know he very much doesn't want it to be true. But we don't know. We have everything looks like Chapel's dead, yeah. you know, and and that's what I mean. It's like this. This is a a show where what scares me is that I think they have the guts to do it, and that scares me, <laughs> you know, because I'm like, oh fuck, they might have killed Chapel off, you know. Back on the planet's surface, the away team is scanning a mysterious structure that has been erected in the centre of town. I got strong Mass Effect 3 Harvester of the Citadel (laughs) vibes because I was like, this is where all the goop goes that the Citadel ingests. And I was like... I I, I was actually getting bloody, what's it, StarCraft. Oh, yes! I'm getting like a bit of a Zerg sort of thing where it's like, you must construct additional pylons. Yeah. But that was the, what are they called? So the Eldar ones, yeah. So Lan says that her brother believed that it was a signal Proto. trap. Um, mm. Yeah, it, it was a signal uh, to trap passers-by on the planet. Um, however, they quickly find out that it's actually the source of the interference field that is surrounding the planet, which means they can't beam out, they can't communicate, and um, they 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 can't scan. Mm. Um, using the uh, new Gorn detector. The gone detector, the gone, the gone hub. Um, they uh, <coughs> gone hub. <laughs> never heard oh, of that. If someone hasn't bought that domain yet, have you never heard that? No, that gone is hub. <laughs> that is 
that has probably been around <laughs> as long as Star Trek Online. Like every time you you really? know you know you're in a decent like server on Star Trek Online <laughs> when all you see in the chat is gone hub, you gone, um, x gone, gonepix.com. <laughs> And you're just like, yep, I'm with my people. This is totally new for hard, me. I love hardcore, that. I love that so hardcore gone. And it's just like, you know. But uh, anyway, um, X gone. Uh, so the <laughs> gone hamster. Gone hamster. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not bring hamsters into this. This is the, that's the interspecies relationships we don't Look, need. It's just videos of where they put their eggs. So. Oh, 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 father! Um, <laughs> oh, Peter. Speaking of speaking of daddies, Sam Kirk detects uh, one life sign making their way to them, and it turns mm. out to be a gone youngling. So they mm. all hide. Little cheeky youngling. Little cheeky, little cheeky baba. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they see that the gone is is the little gone, little gauntlet. Um, little gauntlet. Giglet. Little gauntlet. Had a busy day. How we in the media? colonists. <laughs> anyway, the shoot it dead. Okay. So right. they 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 find no, out. I love it. Like Lon just shoots it and it yeah. dies. And this is and this this they this scene gets the gravitas they want. Where she's like, oh, the guns work. Yeah, and the guns work. It yeah. Literally has a massive hole in it and it's burning away. It's not regenerating. It's not. The yeah, the technology works, which is a big relief, and probably the reason why we're not going to get a gun war because Starfleet might be able to win it. <laughs> well, this is the thing because there's there's no like respite because Sam immediately asked why did they send out a youngling to mm. to tackle them, and then Land just says, well, they uh, spread their eggs to soften up a planet uh, before they conquer it. Um, the I... device is just there to lock the door. Yeah, I, I, I quite like though that for this whole thing, like, this is a strange episode because this is like the episode where we get to see Pike at his weakest. Yes, because Pike has always been strong. Like we've seen every side of Pike in this sh- series so far, where we saw him kicking ass in the the one where they lose the memories, where we literally see him brutalizing, you know, the fuck out of someone, uh, like you know, in a fist fight, and like we we've seen everything. And this is his turn to be irrational. This is his yeah. turn to be to show what kind of captain he is, where basically his fault, you know, his fault is being caring too much. Where it's this this idea of he desperately doesn't want it to be true that his like girlfriend is dead. He's still not giving up hope and sometimes, yeah. you know And he's hope... being reckless, I he feel he is. Yeah, like it's the fact of it's the other people on the team that are keeping things in check and not him, which is quite nice because it allows us to see a weakness. Because obviously we see weaknesses in Cisco, we see weaknesses in not John Luke so much. Ooh. Technically, we, we do in get weaknesses, we do. but his weakness yeah. is that he is cold. Like as in he doesn't feel. I think is the problem. With- he he is unable. He is unable to. Picard has always been famously unable to uh, connect mm. to someone uh, to to let them in. He's famously locked out, which is what we yeah. saw um, 
in season three of Picard before she just disappeared forever and no one ever found out what happened to her. She's probably still on that planet with Chateau <laughs> Picard and a cat. We've actually had, we've had nine weeks of thinking about her, which is effectively how a series of Picard works. Well, that's effectively <laughs> no, how Jean-Luc works. So, um, so, so yeah. <laughs> well, I love how it's like a nine-week cycle. Or like, hey, we saw you and then promptly forgot about you until you appeared again. But, do, you um, do you remember yeah, Picard's but... missus? No, no, he's no, got Crusher now. Oh right, Wait. okay. Oh yeah, we've got a kid. Oh, that poor girl. Oh. Ah, anyway, she's she's inherited Chateau Picard. It was a shit wine. So she probably hasn't. She probably hasn't. But um, so they no, ask. It's... So they ask why the youngling, and then uh, Sam says, "Well, the youngling looked hungry," and then Lan goes, yeah. "Looked hungry. There's no food left." And again, yeah. trying to reiterate, there is How no one left. They are. Yeah, like, but th- this is the thing, though. It's the fact of the rose tinted. Glass, glasses that um, Pike has on, where he's he's so desperately wanting it not to be true, and everything is covered in blood. Like there is no life signs anywhere on the reader. There is like every single shop window is broken glass and covered in blood. Every like wheelie bin is on fire. It's literally like the <laughs> wheelie bin is you on know, fire. Like look outside. Whoa, That's what it looks whoa, like. Whoa, where you are. whoa, but... <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I know, I know. This is the real planet we're talking about. It's we, not like Middlesbrough. we have wheelie but... bins. <laughs> no, the ones that haven't been nicked yet. You, they are... Oh, right. Oh, you, you're all about the posh but, people. The, the first day of having them <laughs> before they get set on fire and nicked. It was, but, um, it was it was very much when I moved into my new house when I was like there was a blue bin there and I'm just like recycle what huh? multiple bins I have three well, yeah. bins what is this opulence um, <laughs> so... oh how oh the bourgeoisie <laughs> how, they how the other side live you bloody decadent <laughs> bastards look at me I'm three bins drinking martini what next I'll shave well, next let's not go wild here let's not too many changes at once but um <laughs> but yeah no but it's the, this idea of he just has these rose-colored like specks on for the yeah. whole thing where he's just going no no she's totally going to be alive and you can see the rest of the team being like if the younglings are coming out and they look hungry it suggests that they've eaten everything else and I, I find this a bit unrealistic because effectively it's been a couple of hours. 5,000 people no... have been numbed in a yeah. space of a few hours. You, this is something where I'm just going like, unless it was like, Mackie know, D's. Hour, no, 12 hours later or like three days later or whatever it is from SpongeBob. Like if it didn't, if it hadn't had that earlier, it seems a bit odd that the Gorn of Arcted so... Arcted? Arcted. 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 <laughs> even if the people were made out of the tastiest of mcdonald's or um pizza hut like i couldn't i couldn't consume five thousand in a few hours i really could and they would be a little bit That's more the thing about people though they're very moorish so back on the enterprise um uhura goes up to pelia where we see again it's very tense it's like it's very cold Uhura and Pelia, and I think he references before we started the show as well, where it's like it's a out of all the relationships, those is those two are the ones that's still a bit frosty. Well, it's it's one of these odd things, and it's the fact of like Uhura managed to connect with Hema so well, mm. and the Pe- like this is the whole thing though. Pelia, like I'm not sure if I even said this in the episode or if it was before we started, but the fact is that Pelia is very much. Um, 
Like Pellier is very much someone where she's complaining that she's not being included, but mm. then she's incredibly antisocial. Like she doesn't want to be around people because obviously she gave like Uhura grief for basically going, "Hey, why haven't you come to speak to me since I started?" And obviously it's because like she reminds her of Hema too much. But yeah. also at the same time, Pellier hasn't made any effort to be around anyone, and she doesn't seem to want to be around anyone. We've seen so little of her. her job. Yeah, we've seen so little of Pellier as well, which is a shame. But the thing is, because they kind of frame it going, oh, maybe Pellier is going to die, in not in not maybe not in this episode, but mm. maybe in like the beginning of the next series. But I'm just like, you better fucking not, because we need so much more from this character, rather than just being like, Oh, we need an engineer for a season, and then we just get rid of them. I Which have a theory. I will about be annoyed. That. I have a, I I would be annoyed if they did that. But it's the fact of I'm hoping they surprise us. I have a theory about that, and we will discuss that later on. Mm. So Ahura goes to Pelia because she's trying to figure out how the Gorn are blocking all the signals. Um, but she has this crazy uh, theory. Again, red alert noise still going on in the background. Dude, <laughs> we get it. We are at alert. We can't get even... Look out the window. Yeah, look out the... <laughs> just... just. <clears throat> so, uh, back on the planet, La'an states that the behaviour of the younglings is not normal. The witnessing these younglings and the sort of working together which is not normal for gone because the younglings normally fight for supremacy and who survives is the alpha shall we say mm -hmm. of of the pack pike again ever the optimist he's like if we don't understand them it means there's something that we haven't discovered and instead of fighting there may be a way to reach out to them and then... this is the thing though he says that and it's not how he's actually feeling but he's he is trying to do his job because that's exactly what the admiral suggested but the yeah. admiral was like hey maybe they're not monsters and we just need to find a like common ground with them so this is pike effectively going maybe we can talk to them but yeah nobody agrees <laughs> nobody agrees because lan just turns around and says well always the optimist mm. but we you know we see a bit of pike opening up here where he's like we, well i always have to have hope um and we know that the audience knows he's trying to give himself hope because he he doesn't want to accept looks bleak. The, the, the bleak fact that Bartel might not have survived this invasion. And, you know, Pike is sort of creating his own world, whereas I, I, Jake's going to laugh at this if he watches this. It's the pig episode where Homer's got this pig for a barbecue. Lisa has become a vegetarian. She kidnaps the pig and then it just goes through all these manners of shenanigans where it goes down a river and Homer's going, it's just a bit of dirty. It's still good. It's still yeah. good. It gets shot out of a sewer pipe. It's just a bit airborne. It's still good. It's still good. <laughs> and like, he's yet to receive, you know, he's yet to get to that fact where it's gone. Yeah. So, but then there's a little bit of a joke uh, between uh, La'an and Pike where she, you know, you have to have optimism and, and, uh, Laan goes well. She she'd have to be some sort of woman to put up with you, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, that's your captain. <laughs> I I I quite like this though. The fact is like that Pike is because this is what happens though. It's very much like that in real life where if you give people an inch, as in you're amiable with them and stuff like that, it does allow them to get very comfortable with you, where they can like make jokes at your expense or poke fun, and that's just part of being liked you know it is in that, in that kind of way like she would never say that to someone that she disliked 
you know, you know, she would never say that to someone that she didn't like feel close to. And I think it's a mark of how, you know, and we wouldn't really get it with the other captains because they're always aloof. Like the other captains are all very much apart from say one or two. Here, yeah. They are here and you are there. Like maybe maybe Kirk. Like maybe maybe Kirk. I would and say certainly not Janeway, certainly not Cisco. No, no, I would say Cisco. Jadzia. Yeah, unless Jadzia. it was Jadzia. But that's a, that's because they have a special yeah, relationship. Yeah, and then Archer and Trip because they were best friends, and it's like yes, actually, they, yeah, I have to go. There, there are there are those people where like with Pike, it's the whole senior staff. Yeah. Whereas most captains like Archer, Kirk, and stuff like that, it's literally one or at the very most two people with McCoy and Spock yeah. with Kirk. It's very rare that the senior... I mean, even... It, it took 35 years for Riker to take the piss out of Picard. Yeah, that's it. Actually, yeah, to be fair, all of the captains do have someone. Like, for instance, I think the only person who could do it with uh, Janeway is probably either Seven later on, after they've got the mother-daughter thing going, or uh, Tuvok. But then Tuvok never would. So, you know, they're the only ones who, are, I think, are close enough to do it. Ochakote. I don't think anyone. I don't know. It's always with Chakotay, It's always respectful. Like you know, yeah. he he will say stuff, but it's never sort of. I don't think it's jokes at her expense. But you you're very right that it's um, that uh yeah Riker and whatnot like would but but with um, yeah no it is strange that it kind of works like that way. But with Pike, it's the whole crew because we have Ortega's pointing, poking fun at him. We have Una doing it throughout the series. We have like, uh, you know, we have this, and I think that's wonderful. I think that shows what an endearing captain he is and how his actual style of leadership is. He's empathy. beloved. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is absolutely beloved. Sam walks in, uh, says that he has discovered a normal. Uh, I'm not anomalous readings coming mm. from down the street human life signs so they make their way down i don't know how they make their way down probably the back way or through offices i don't know well they... before before this we have it where basically they're more uh more gone younglings turn up and then they have to hide in a barber shop not the younglings basically... yeah <laughs> these younglings fare better than those ones where's anakin when you need him <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what we need. It's just like, hang on, they're underage. <laughs> Lightsaber oh, noise oh, immediately. Stop panicking, Anakin. We don't want you for that. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't know he worked for the BBC. So anyway, yeah. Dude. Moving on. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, I had to say that. No one else is. But, um, yeah. Philip! So, um... <laughs> but, but then in the... Uh, yeah, so basically they're hiding the barbership, but then they get this... Uh, they get the scan and then they go, oh, there are actually human life signs. So they go after them. Yeah. They were, uh, sorry, far off my brain. There. They enter into this office and they are still scanning. They can't see anyone. They discover a little device where the signal is emanating for. Mm. They are then caught in a trap. Yeah, like a false, a false fields field are erected. Yeah. False fields are erected. And we see... A Starfleet officer. Um, a dirty Starfleet a officer. A dirty, Scottish Starfleet officer <laughs> come out from the shadows. Where he says, ah, you've, you basically, you have fell for my trap. Um, yeah. You are not gone. And he basically... He's also he's, as astute as he should be. Yeah. 
Yeah, very. Yeah, um, he set a trap to basically trap the the gone mm. in there. He's he's created this system, but Sinoy's this this Scottish Starfleet officer <laughs> is is Scotty. Yeah. Holy shit! First of all, <clears throat> immediately background check Martin Queen. Mm. Uh, no, not Martin Queen. Why is that saying Martin Queen? Has my spell checker gone? I Absolutely. don't know. Let me just double check. I want to get his name right because I will get him on the podcast. So help me God. Uh, Martin... Martin Quinn. I don't know why he said Queen. Quinn. Martin, <laughs> Qu- Martin Quinn. I am but a queen. I am just a queen. This is the first Scottish Scotty. Because Martin <laughs> Quinn. actually Scottish. Martin Quinn is actually Scottish. So props, <laughs> props to Paramount. Took this you 57 like the first years. time they actually cast a Native American yeah. person as like sort of... Yeah. As a Native American, they're just like, oh wow, we could actually do that. So we find out it's Lieutenant JG Montgomery Scott, and I'm like, oh my god, we we are actually getting Scotty. But then, like you, I was like, oh, hang on. Oh yeah, I'm, oh, I'm just here like, we the, go. The, the target, the target is locked, and I'm like, no. Has, has Pellier done a will? A... Has Pellier done a will yet? That's it. I'm just I was like, like, oh fuck. But I think I think they they sort of cover that by the say he's only a lieutenant junior grade, so he's literally just come up from an ensign. So he's he's fairly green. He's he's not experienced. So he's no way he's going to be a chief engineer in that short time. Yeah, that's it. What I'm hoping or hoping is that they're doing the same as they did with Kirk, where they basically just go, "Hey, here's Kirk," and then next season here's a bit more of Kirk, and then the season after, okay, now he's a main thing. And so Pellier trades him. Yeah, so I think maybe they're going to have it where Scotty sort of is in this and is in the next part and then goes off and does something else and then comes back later after something's happened to Pellier or after she's left. Potentially. But gives us time. I, I, see, this is one of the things where, because the new season hasn't been written yet because of the writer's strike, hopefully this means this might save Pellier. Because if the writers, when they wrote this, were going, oh, she's just a stopgap character, but then everyone's like, I fucking love Pellia. Yes, we because they've had Pellier. a chance to breathe. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe that because they're going to see all of the fan reactions to this, they're going to be like, okay, maybe we'll hold off on having Scotty take well, his well, place. Well, this was the issue with Terry Metalis, uh, because obviously Shaw, like... Um... <sighs> Todd Stashwick. Todd Stashwick, yeah. I was taking a drink. <sighs> Todd Stashwick... Uh, also, I was... just I just listened because I'm not listening to them in order. I just listened to the Shuttlebod show episode where they have Todd Stashwick, and it is incredible. Wow. Yeah, I exactly. did not realize how funny he is, what how much depth he has. You should definitely watch it because, like, well, all listen to it because he is just. I, I'm slightly in love with Todd Stashwick, and I he kind is, of was yeah. when we had season three of Picard, but. Like, he is so good. He, and I didn't realise he was such a good comedian as well. He became such an endearing character with the audience. But like I said, with, with, with Picard Season 3, that was that was done and done in 2022. Mm. And with that, it was sort of like... Because people have said, have you had regrets killing him off? And he's like... Ugh. But they've had to, he's had to legitimately think of a way that they could potentially bring back <laughs> Todd Stashwick's Liam Shaw in Star Trek Legacy because yeah. let's let's not beat around the bush about this. Star Trek Legacy will be made. It might not be called Legacy or anything like that. Yeah. It will be made because P- 
paramount at the moment are trying to streamline what they do. They realize that all trek all day, every day is exhausting. We haven't had a pit stop since February. Mm. So this is the thing. I was speaking. I was speaking to my best mate the other day, and I was saying, "Hey, what are you watching? Strange you will." And he's like, "I'm a bit burnt out from Star Trek." Yeah, because he's been following all of Discovery. He's been following all of Lodex. He's been following all of Picard, and he kind of got to Strange New Worlds, and he's like, "I need a break from Trek." Yeah, and I think they're starting to realise that there could be not too little and not too much. And I do think when they do streamline, obviously Picard's ended, Discovery's ended, Prodigy has been. They're looking at licensing it out to another network, mm -hmm. but it's going to be a case of, hey, you will get this next generation series, Strange New Worlds, and and then Lower Decks. And you will get mm -hmm. these three series all through the year. And do you know what? I would be happy. I, I would be really happy with that if it was like 10 episodes, 10 episodes, 10 episodes, spread mm -hmm. over a year. At least you're getting a couple of months between each mm -hmm. to sort of have that breather. And sort of say, right, okay, we've had a gap of that. Oh, I'm really looking forward to this now. Because we sort of, we had a bit of a break between Picard and Strange New Worlds. But mm. if you look between Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks, we are literally got three weeks. Yeah. And then it goes in again. I mean, it's really difficult because obviously, like, with the format that we have for this show, mm. for this podcast... I'm just like, oh, we're kind of not going to get much out of the uh, the wheel, of, the Dabo wheel of Trek, are we? <laughs> like, we're, we're never going to get around to reviewing any of the movies unless we're incredibly lucky, because we literally have. Do we have a week? Do we? Do we literally? Yeah, because we have. We have it. Like next week, we'll be doing um, Captain's Holiday. Yeah, we'll do be Cap Captain's Holiday, and then the week after, I think, is basically where we have a special episode about retrospective of uh, Strange New Worlds. Yeah. And then the week after, I think we have our own a new Trek episode. And the, but then the week after that, it Lower Deck starts, and we have ten. I thought ten we, weeks I thought we were going to have that. a. I thought we were going to have a week off. We can do that as well. We, we could, we I could, may have forgotten the week off. I think we were going to do a week off, if I'm honest with you. Bef Hold the on, week how about, how about? The week before about, Lower Decks. That's rather what than we were a week off, do. it's literally just a looping gif of me doing the uh, Picard dance from Insurrection. Wow. Where he gets the Mambo music on. It's just me being like... Would you guys like that? Would you guys just like an hour and a <laughs> yeah, half of scenarios? Yeah, comments below. Um, <laughs> if that was the live stream and it still lasted two hours, and, and we, we got had the live chat, and it was going, the highest, was the video. and it was the highest viewed episode of Trekking <laughs> Up North, and they were like, "Right, this is what the audience wants, eh?" Okay. <laughs> so I knew we were too wordy. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Scotty explains that he was uh, he was from the USS Stardiver. He wasn't on the, the Cayugas roster. He was in a system, uh, the next system over. He was on the USS Stardiver. They were monitoring solar activity in that system. And the Gorn caught them by surprise. They were overwhelmed very quickly. The crew were dead. The ship was lost with all hands. Scotty escaped in a shuttle. And he found a way to mask his signature. Uh... He then Which reveals cool. it's very However, cool. I, I just want to point out though, he was in a shuttle, and he flew to another star system. They have warp drive. Do they? It just because yes. all we seem to hear is how you couldn't do stuff in a shuttle, like you couldn't travel faster than like um you know impulse in a shuttle. No, no, it's, in in Enterprise you couldn't, but in uh, the original series onwards, yeah, you could. Very right, low okay. warp. 
but you could do yeah. it regardless. Um, so he takes the away team to the diner where all the survivors have, have basically gained shelter. Mm. We find out that Bartel has survived and immediately goes over, hugs her, and she just turns around and goes, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, okay, happy to see you too. Um, but she says, you know, while you were away, you were safe. Now that you're here, you're not. Mm. And Pike's like, I'm here to save you. I've got a mission to do. I want to get you all out of here. And she's like, you can't. There's no transporters. There's this, there's this, there's this. He explains that, you know, Scotty found a way to get out with the gone. Mm. Um, we, you know, we can do it. And she's like, well, all of us won't fit into a shuttle. Well, we'll just take some of them. She's, ve- she's, she's seeming very... Um, uh, retired to her fate. Ret- uh, she's she's very, what, which what leads into something later on. Which in the leads episode, into something. But... She's she's very pessimistic about the chances of everyone getting off or mm. the the gone not finding out. So and the fact is because Pike is being so rest re- uh, so not restless um so uh re- reckless because yeah. Pike is being so reckless. I, I I think later on we're going to get that typical thing which we get in a lot of stuff. Like we, I think we pretty much get this in Captain's Holiday or we get this in like um, uh, you know, with Picard where it's this idea of I think her and Pike are going to have to break up because Pike realises that he loses logic and reason for her. He becomes where, compromised. Yeah, yeah. because and, and it's exactly, that's exactly what we see here. He has put himself and his lieutenants in like danger and whatever he says because effectively what he's saying here is hey we don't need to save all of the colonists we just need to save you and some other yeah. people and effectively it's this idea of going whoa you have done all of this simply because you want to make sure that your girlfriend's okay and it is yeah. this you know it, it is the epitome of being compromised i think so they sit down with Scotty because they want to know how Scotty escaped uh, basically a fleet of gone in a little shuttle. Mm. Scotty explains that uh, the Stardiver was in the Shanghai system, which is the next system over from where they are, and they were studying CMEs, coronal mass ejections from the sun. Um, you said mass ejections there. Mass ejections, yes. Okay, sorry. cool. Sorry, I, my you, ears peaked. Oh, okay. Um, you you Geesians. So... <laughs> But they... I heard there were mass mass ejections. Is that, is that Mass Effect porn? Anyway, <laughs> I've uh, come to the mass ejections. Yes, quickly to the mass eject. Um, <laughs> mass ejected. Anyway, so the uh, they were studying coronal mass ejections (CMEs), um, and they found that the the star was emanating very odd, very unusual CMEs nothing like they had ever seen before mm. and then all of a sudden after these cmes the gone like a swarm appeared out of nowhere sam kirk postu- uh, postulates that very much like locuses which are affected by environmental factors the gone are affected by um the right. like environmental but, factors such as light. Well, he basically says solar activity. Solar activity, yeah. And, and this is hilarious because this makes me think. This reminds me of seeing that big tower thing that you were saying is a bit like Mass Effect. Yeah. Uh, it makes me think about Wreck It Ralph. Have you ever seen Wreck It Ralph? Yes. Yeah, you know where it has like the 
totally not Gears of War, oh, totally yes. not Mass Effect thing, and yeah. then they have all of the bugs, and they get drawn to the light, and then it kills them. And I was like, hang on, <laughs> are they suggesting? Are they, you know, and obviously I know that was referencing something else, like I think it was Gears of War or something. Mm. But I just like the idea that maybe Star Trek is referencing Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> Why not? They're referencing everything else. You might as well just go for it. But yeah, the idea that they're just drawn to light effectively, or that they're drawn to like solar activity. Or it triggers uh, it triggers an inane need for consumption. Yeah, and and I love the idea that um, Sam is here for military purposes, but then we still actually get to see him use his Xenos... Xenobiology. um, Yeah, his Xenobiology knowledge. Sorry, I'm saying Xenos because like the Gorn are basically the Tyranids in this. Like, you know, the whole, you know, that very much, you You're know, going for go Brock somewhere, this, take over the planet, consume everything, yeah. you know. So, um, Scotty escaped by building a transponder to fool the Gorn into thinking it was one of them. And again, this is me going, does no one look out of a window in Star Trek <laughs> anymore? We had this in Picard and I sang its praises. As we know, they don't, because we had a whole episode about Strange New Worlds where they, where it was a novel idea to actually get people looking out the window. That was Picard. I was. Oh, was it Picard? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Picard. Where, 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 where Shaw just basically had crew at the back of the ship, just going, "If you see it, tell us." And yeah. I was like, "Finally, we have this," and then we've just gone back to the old trope again. But um, it, is, it is like a thing where, like, the Gorn are blatantly. I mean, we see a lot of occasions where the Gorn blatantly don't look out the window. So no, no. So he created a transponder to fool. Um, he, however, take he took damage. The shuttles they can animate, and he crashed on the nearest planet, which was this one. And he said they were coming this way anyway. Uh, <clears throat> they ask if he can build a, another transponder, and he said, "I can't because the, the specific." Uh, module there was only one of them and it's in the crash shuttle um all while this is going on we get a nice scene between ortegas and umbenga i do like the the exchange between these two in the last couple of episodes with episode eight and this one uh going on about how much they miss chapel and hopes that she's she's all you know Mm -hmm. that she's okay back on the enterprise (laughs) spock detects two more gone ships that are entering the system pelia and uhura come uh to the bridge need to speak to spock and una uh, because they found out uh, where the signal is coming from, and it's a structure that is not native to this colony. Um, so, so it's something that the Gorn have brought with them. Yeah, it's something. And so basically, they've got some kind of device that they have set up that yeah. basically blocks everything. So they realise that they cannot fire uh, on it with conventional weapons. But well, because it's on the other side of the. It's planet. on the other side. Of so the because land. it's on the other side of the planet, they can't get near it. Because that would require them to cross the line. They yeah. can't shoot on it, shoot it because it's not like you know in firing range. Uh, so how do they do deal with it? And then obviously, is it Una who suggests it? They Pelia suggests that we use some of the debris, but something large enough to not just burn up in the atmosphere and take out the structure. And Una goes the Cayuga saucer section. And then we get this little thing where <laughs> Pelia goes, my goodness, if you had answered the question like this in my class, I'd have given you an A+. And I'm like, oh, the callback to the sea. I just I just love the idea that like, like we don't see much of Pelia, but she's someone who's very much, everyone knows who she is because she they were all taught by her yeah. effectively and that they're just like oh god you're a nightmare teacher you yeah know, but... 
So they Spock theorizes that properly. Uh, Pelly, sorry, realizes that properly calibrated retro rockets uh, tacked onto the hull can make it seem like that the saucer section is decaying its orbit naturally, and then when they get close enough to the the planet, they can fire them again to adjust its trajectory to hit this structure. They will then have a brief time window between that happening and the gone finding out what's happened to beam everyone up people out, yeah. yeah and hightail it out of there spock states that well no human can can do uh, can plant these rockets on here in the way that i can do it we you know only me only i can do this Wait, the fact that it needs to be so incredibly precise the yeah. way that these rockets are set up because effectively they're just like hey okay there's a there's a tower that is only probably a couple of meters wide it's probably it's less than a hundred meters wide effectively and they have to crash crash a ship that is traveling through the orbit into it it is the most precise thing and spock basically points out no one else except him can do this calculation it's, it's like and this is where i got scared though because i thought what it was going to be is that spock has to do this yeah but then it ends up being pelia taking over because it's very dangerous the, what they're doing. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be Pelia taking over Did and then Pelia's going to die. And that's what I thought. I thought, oh, like, because wow. I, I didn't really understand what they were saying. I thought that they were talking about actually piloting the ship in. Like, it's... so basically driving it, and therefore it was going to be one of these someone has to be on it when it crashes kind of thing. It's it's very but much. And as we see, it's not that's not what they were suggesting. It's, at all. it's it very much. Said shooting a needle in a haystack from 5,000 miles away with a BB gun. Yeah. It's like, it, it's so precise what they have to do that only a Vulcan with their immense, you know, with their immense uh, calculation processes that can just, this rocket needs to go here at this exact degree because they're only retro rockets that don't move or anything yeah. like that. So it's like, we need to predict where it, where the, the saucer will be when we fire it. And then when it decays, we need to know exactly when to fire them again to adjust that. All the while masking the fact that we are actually doing it and making it look natural. And you're right, like, no human could sit there and calculate all that within five minutes. And Spock's just like, yes, you do. Just this, 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 and this. So it's natural that he volunteered. Back at the diner... Everyone is asleep but Pike, so he tries to sneak out. Uh, but Bartel catches him mm. and goes, where are you going? And he's like, well, I'm going to find Scotty's shuttle to try and take this transponder to help us get out of here. Yeah. She then says, well, you're not going to do this alone. And then Scotty, being Scotty, this is very, this is a Simon Pegg Scotty that we get in this bit here where he's just like, sorry for overhearing, but it's kind of hard not to when you're literally talking where I'm sleeping. Yeah, <laughs> Just blatantly listening in. Yeah, so, blatantly you know. listening in. So they all decide, so the, the the three of them they all go to find this shuttle. Back at the Cayuga wreckage, we do get a lovely close like zoom in of the wreckage, very detailed, all the like severed decks and everything. Mm. We hear uh, muffled warnings of the computers. Who was on the ground next to all these dead people? It's Nurse Chapel. Yeah. So Chapel has survived, thankfully. Very pleased about this. Very uh, pleased. In a pocket of oxygen that Spock was right about. Yeah, and, and the fact is that luckily she didn't go straight to medical because she's yeah. blatantly not in medical. <laughs> she's somewhere else. I don't know where it is. She, but, she's uh, in a corridor, but she, she's awoken to the alarms that the oxygen will be running out soon. 
she diverts power from other systems to life support, which gives her about an hour. So she's like, okay, an hour I can work with this. She sees the Enterprise yeah. uh, or a Starship or whoever it is out there. <clears throat> First thing she does, because they mentioned this at the beginning of the episode where the lose comes, where they can just use like signal fires and lights and stuff like that. First thing she does, she gets a torch. She goes out the window and she's just like, yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And well, she she attempts to do that, and then the torch stops working, and she's like, "Okay, need a backup plan." Well, Duracell, why are you not in the twenty third century? That's what I want to know. So, she needs a backup plan. Mm. Um, where am I? Where's my notes gone? There we go. Uh, Spock is on his way as she is doing this. Spock is on his way with the retro rockets. Uh, very into darkness. I thought about this scene as well. Um, <clears throat> going through the wreckage of the Cayuga. Uh, Spock is on the way with the rest of the rockets. Chapel sees Spock um, after he's planted the first rocket on the top of the hull. She sees him going past the window and she tries to bang on the window. And I'm just like, love. There's no sound. <laughs> That's in, there's no That's sound. That's how space works. Yeah, there's no sound in space. You're just like. <laughs> it's just like okay. Yeah. She she tried. She tried. You know. Yeah. So she decides to don the spacesuit uh, space and, and leave the ship. The, the conveniently placed <coughs> spacesuit. Yeah. I, I love how she's like, oh, I've got an hour. And then like that spacesuit space is blatantly going to have an auction, so, auction and supply. Yeah. So you have more than an hour, love. I am out of 5,000 on this one. Um, the away team arrive at the shuttle. They find the transponder, which has been fused uh, to the... the the panel so scotty asks pike to, to help to remove this all the while uh scotty asks bartell to find uh, an ion welder as she does this you hear the the mumblings of a gone youngling the gone youngling appears and you're like oh is this it is this is this where someone's gonna bite the dust well hang on scotty obviously survives pike obviously survives is this when bartell bites the dust yeah, and it's it, the very reminiscent of aliens happens. The gong gets right up to her face, yeah. looks at her. They stare down at each other, and the youngling leaves. And immediately, the uh, the alarm bells in Pike start ringing. Yeah, because he just wants to. Know, he's just like, what happened? Yeah, like what? why? I now I didn't get this. I was being dumb. I didn't get what the um. I I sat down. And I was like, thing oh, happened, no. and I thought, oh shit, it's gone to go and get friends. Why aren't they more worried about it? Yeah, and obviously it's a different reason. Yeah, I sat down. And I was like, oh no. That's the thought. It's it was an episode where I said stuff out loud, uh. So I was like, oh no, oh no. Back on the uh, Cayuga, the uh, chapel is suited up. And she's making her way to the. Uh, I believe she's going to an escape hatch. However, she hears the tapping of a computer where it's saying invalid access to command codes. She thinks yeah. it's Spock, then sees a tail. Yeah. That ain't no Vulcan. But, and also, I just want to draw attention to, this is the first time we are seeing a full Gorn. Yes. And the fact of how clever Strange New Worlds has been, that it has built the gorn so well like literally we had one episode where the whole the all we saw were some younglings and they were still really deadly this is the first time that we are seeing a full gorn for the first time like this is not a guy in a rubber suit like it was in the like the original series (laughs) kind of thing this is what the gorn looked like now in canon so effectively seeing kirk wrestle one of these 
I have even more respect for him, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. One of these things throws a fucking boulder at you, you know? Like, even if it is paper mache, yeah, that's going to be It will dangerous. go through you. If Even if it is yeah. paper mache, it will go through you. But I, I, meant... I love this because, you know what this gives me? This gives me Metroid Prime vibes. Oh, really? Like, the fact of the Gorn, they're, they're lizards, but they're still in spacesuits. Like, mm. there's this sort of mechanical aspect to them. They're not dumb lizards. And the problem is that they, in the original series, the Gorn effectively was a big lizard wearing chainmail. Yeah. So it didn't really look technologically advanced. Whereas these, these are, these are almost worse than Klingons. Because the thing about the Klingons is like, hey, they've got technology, but then they still act like savages. Mm. Whereas these are like hideous monsters, but that still have, he's wearing an exoskeleton. He has like, you know, he has metal like, um, metal like enhancements on his like uh, claws and you know he's got like armor around his back like through his tail he has like a visor on with an oxygen supply well i assume it's oxygen but it's this idea of just being like whoa these are not just a mindless monster like pike is saying these are actively like what's the word is it maleficent no it's not maleficent um oh what do you call it Mali- malicious malicious <laughs> Well, no, it's the yeah. opposite of bene- it's the opposite of a like benevolent, whatever it is. I've forgotten. Malevolent, yeah. Malevolent, These are malevolent yes. beings, but they're actively so, and that makes them scarier in my mind. That they literally are killing machines, but that do it with thought rather than, like I was saying, the tyranids. Well, when you Warhammer. see when you see the scene on the bridge with Spock, where he's 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 put the 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 final rocket and the saucer is starting to move, and you just see again the tail hang down, and he just sees a reflection. Now, yeah. this is my only criticism of this episode: the slow motion zero G fight that we have in this. Guys, you've got magnetic boots. Yeah, we we've skipped ahead a bit here because what we what we get okay is we get Nurse Chapel in the scene where she she freezes for the first yeah. time she freezes, but the fact is that the the Gorn is actively it's not like a mindless monster like we've seen with the sort of like the younglings mm. it is typing in digit it is trying to guess the security codes it is actively using the computer which I think is great, uh, but Nurse Chapel's kind of you know a bit uh you know she she's hiding from it and then we get the scene where spock is actually doing the mission where he is flying across in space in a spacesuit uh and he's got his like luggage tied to him no though that's got... that's 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 been earlier that this the the scene after oh yeah yeah but i don't think we covered it oh we? yeah yeah well well yeah because i said it was into darkness it was i got very into darkness vibes oh right yeah um... with with that yeah but the the the, the scene after is on the bridge <clears throat> where the Gorn is essentially trying to strangle Spock and there's this very slow-mo zero-g fight because Chapel, who has escaped uh, that, that previous Gorn, uh, has made it to the bridge. She sees Spock and then mm. it's just... Th- there was no need for it to be... I-, I-, I could sort of understand why they've done it to say this is space, there's no gravity, mm. but it's like they have magnetic boots. They can run like normal people because they have got magnetic boots mm. so there's no need for it to be this slow spock tries to pull a phaser out nagon the gone knocks it away it's floating yeah. out of the front of the bridge chapel goes after that all the while spock is fucking fighting a gone <laughs> yeah right 
Ed is he's fighting, and that got I mean the the way the Gorn put the like put his hand over yeah. that head, and you could hear the glass cracking <coughs> underneath that. Excuse me, yeah, underneath that, and I was like, oh my god, and that was legitimately terrifying for me. Yeah, because it's like, oh shit, maybe Spock, you know, maybe yeah. they're just gonna be like, hey, different timeline, Spock's dead. But then at the last minute, Chapel grabs hold of the phaser, fires one off on the gone, which distracts them long enough for Spock to take a bit of the wreckage and just dead on impale it into the fucker's head, piercing the helmet as well, pulling it out, because obviously by pulling it out, yeah, the oxygen or whatever they breathe is going to escape and just seeing I mean, I loved it that just the struggle that this Gorn had. Yeah. And the fact is, the I was expecting the Gorn to try and take Spock with him. With him, yeah. Yeah. But I will say, though, that my disappointment here is that we have it where basically the Gorn is struggling with this thing. Uh, it starts floating away from Spock and starts floating like towards out of the ship. Uh, and slowly it's still writhing around trying to sort of like help itself. Um and Chapel has the gun lined on it, and she doesn't take any more shots. She just shoots one shot, whereas I would have blasted the fuck out of it. I I know it dies anyway, but I'm like, look, you've got this phaser. Just make sure. You oh, know, like, there would have been several oh, holes. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. But obviously, as we've seen, Chapel is a doc. You know, is a doctor. So effectively, she's you know, she's already done more than she probably wants to. But. Uh, but yeah, and then the Gorn, literally, we just see it die. We just see it, like, die. And it doesn't freeze or anything, but it's... It just, can we, yeah. Also, can we just point out, like, how... They're talking about the, the Gorn being very subject to cold because they're, a, like, warm-blooded species. No, they're no, cold-blooded cold -blooded yeah, species. Yeah. This is in space. What the hell is this Gorn doing? Like, you know, how much agony must this Gorn be in to be in zero-G? Because it must just be frozen pretty much yeah you know. pretty pretty much yeah as uh as the gorn dies the saucer section is about to enter the atmosphere it's starting to break up mm. chapel and spock escape and they just watch the saucer section descend into the atmosphere as they hold hands and i was like ah it's fucking ludicrous i do love how this is like how it is in hindsight me talking about it is fucking lunatic yeah. lunacy but i love it because they pull it off where it's like effectively they just crash crash a ship into the planet uh in order to destroy a single tower i, I <laughs> you love know, i love that and modern... also the fact of what about all the people that might have still been alive on the ship like because we yeah. saw chapel chapel survived yeah. and they've just gone Ah, fuck it. Anyone else? I mean, this is what I was going to say at the start. The fact of, uh, is it Patel? Ye yeah, Bartel. Bartel. Sorry, I wasn't sure if it was Patel. M you know, Marie Bartel. Yeah. Um, but the fact is with Bartel, it's the idea of going. Oh, we've only ever seen one person from this ship. I wonder why that is. Like, why we've never seen any of the other crew, or you know, any other people and now we're like oh well it's good we didn't get close to them because they're all dead <laughs> so it's i love the fact that modern star trek is just like yes we're just going to use these ships as yeeting weapons now because we've got it in picard <laughs> where they're just like that was eh. one time that riker did that <laughs> yeah that was one time um back on the planet though pike is <clears throat> excuse me guys a bit of a dry throat i need to wet my whistle <laughs> he's on the martini back on the planet Ooh dry pike is confronting Battelle because he wants to know 
why that Gorn walked away. And this is, again, we know Pike Ooh, already moist. knows. Ooh, very moist. Pike already knows. Mm. The audience who has seen season one already knows. It's revealed that, and I hate this word, but it's the, it's, it's the closest word. Battelle's been inseminated by the Gorn. Uh, mm, mm, implanted, mm, implanted, um, laid, <laughs> not laid. That's it. This is a drink. Yeah, basically, she has been uh, impregnated. Uh, yeah, imp- impregnated by. Well, not in that way. She's been like infected by the yeah. god. I'd say because it's not Very like a pregnancy. Us. It's like a spider, you know, where it, like lays its eggs in you. But um, yeah, and that's obviously and I didn't pick this up in the episode until we're talking about it now that obviously that's why the gun just goes, Oh, you're fucked anyway. Oh well, oh, we've got to keep you alive because you know, yeah, the My brothers and sisters are inside you. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh fuck. But um yeah, and I didn't pick that up on the episode. But yeah, that's why it leaves it alone. Yeah. So but even then, even in the most direst of situations where it looks like all hope is lost, Pike is like we can still beam you up. We can still save you. We can still do. Mm. And even even Patel goes, Hemmer. Yeah. Hemmer couldn't do it, and he's like, "Well, Hemmer didn't give us a choice." And he's just this, that's this, a good point. Yeah, and it's like this utter refusal to let her go, to 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 stop fighting for her when mm. she's all but given up. He will continue to fight on her behalf. And then as they are doing this, I just love the fact that Scotty just goes, uh, guys, you might want to hold on to something. I would, we just see this saucer just yeet the fuck out of this tower. Yeah, and then, yeah, it's just like then there's a massive explosion. And then and then do we immediately go back to the Enterprise? We immediately go back to the Enterprise because we see all the systems come online. We see the comms, we see transporters, yeah. we see uh, sensors all come online. Everyone starts talking to everyone. Pike, uh, Chapel and Spock are beamed... Uh, to the Enterprise first. We then get uh, Pike, who says, you know, the orders are to beam up the colonists. Uh, we go back to the transport room where we see Spock and Chapel beamed up. And we do get a lovely moment where Spock just wants to say he's sorry. And Chapel yeah. still goes, we'll talk later. Yeah. <laughs> we will talk later. We see the colonists being beamed up from the diner. Yeah. And then we see Scotty Battle and Pike uh, being beamed uh, into sick bay. I love the yeah. fact that Pike. I, I think for this this little mini scene, this was a reassurance for Pike that he never gave up hope, and it paid off because he saw Chapel and he, he went straight to her. The emotion yeah. on his face, he embraced her, and he's like, "I am so glad you are here." And it's like a reassurance for him that him not giving up hope pays off. And if he doesn't give up hope for uh, Bartel the same will happen. Well, it's 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 why I it's why I like Pike, where it's the fact of he does do this, where he literally runs up and hugs. Like yeah, Jackal. he did it with Una and, and everything. Yeah. Well, that's it. But it's this idea of I don't think you would get that with other, other captains. Even no. Janeway would be detached. Like Cisco definitely wouldn't. Picard, not a fucking chance in hell. Kirk Archer, did it, maybe. Archer, maybe. Yeah, yeah Kirk did it a couple is, of times. Yeah. My my reference is obviously with um. What's the what? What's the episode where basically Spock thinks uh, Kirk is dead and then immediately breaks character and is like Jim? Oh, that's you the Pond Far episode. 
Yeah, and it's that it's that idea, but it's it's like that where you just kind of like where Pike's like, I know I'm in charge, but oh my god, I'm so glad you're alive, Chapel. The the the, um, pon, the pon farm episode, guys. Spock got that horny, he murdered his best friend. Haven't we all done that at least twice? So, well, that's not being any more incriminating. Uh, Pelias is, is asked to to meet them in sick bay. Uh, and then we find out that uh, Pelia knows Scotty. <laughs> yeah, she's like, Scotty, you know. Scotty. Oh, Professor, professor Pelia. Like, oh, it's Pelia. You know, Hello, like, Professor. <laughs> I think Pelia just literally, Pelia doesn't have, she has more lines than she's had in a lot of episodes. She has, season. yes. But then she has two zingers throughout this episode. And this one is brilliant where he's he's carrying all the device that he built and stuff. And she just looks at it and he's like, what the hell is this supposed to be? But it's a fact that... Immediately after not seeing him him for years, the first thing she does is, what is this shit you built? But it's it's the fact that, like, Pike goes, you know him? And she's like, one of my best students who receive some of the worst grades. And I'm just like, (laughs) damn, has anyone ever got decent grades in your class? She is fucking savage. She's brutal. but I, I think it kind of, it's quite nice to get to, like, I joke about, um, like, I joke about Crusher not being a very good doctor, like, mm. you know, compared to the others. But I think Pelly is one of these people where she's an incredibly good engineer, but kind of a terrible person. Like, as in, she's too much of a perfectionist, because, like, as we see in the first scene we get with her, where Ahura's trying to speak to her, mm. Ahura's kind of, hey, we need to find an engineering way to break through this like sort of blackout effectively and Pelly is just doing a normal job Pelly is just going oh yeah but i scheduled to check these air uh, things today so that's what i'm doing and it's like shouldn't you be doing something related to the actual situation all the sound of the red alert klaxons going on around you yeah, and you're it. just and doing diagnostics just like, no no, no. i'm going yeah. to do diagnostics and it's very much like that is she is great at her job but the fact is she see i i think being a lanthanite you know she she's lost focus on what's important and yeah. i think that's the main thing like she's literally like she has no ties to anyone she doesn't really care about living or dying anymore she's just kind of oh let's make sure everything works because even think, her is just like yeah we might need that someday yeah but not as much as yeah you know? <laughs> and and that's the that's the interesting thing and it's this we haven't had this before i don't think where we've got someone who's incredibly good at their job but they're not good at people or like context. Like maybe the doctor know, at first in Voyager, but then he got fleshed out. Well, the doctor was always about the situation. So whenever they came to the doctor and said, "Hey, here's the problem," he's like, "Oh, okay, we'll fix that." It wasn't oh, like Pellier, yes, who's just yes. basically just going like, "Oh, there's a problem, is there? Oh, well, I have other things to think about right now." You know, which yeah. basically is how she's like. And but I, I, I absolutely adore her. And like with Ortegas, we need they need their own full episode. I think she's going to train Scotty. I think she's going to train Scotty in season three. But mm. towards the end of this episode, more gone ships warp in. Um and with a lot more uh coming. Spike gets to the bridge uh, Spike. Pike gets to the bridge. Mm. Uh asks Spock if all the colonists have been beamed up. Spock goes, There is absolutely no one there to beam up. Recent yeah. scan shows they were beamed up by the Gorn. So the Gorn have not only taken the landing party, they've taken all the colonists. The Gorn then start shooting on the Enterprise, and the Enterprise is getting the absolute hell's bells kicked out of him. And then 
Admiral April contacts and says, you must withdraw. Yeah. And Una's just sat there, what are your orders, Captain? What are your orders? And yeah, Pike everyone is, is waiting and Pike is... He Pike just freezes. doesn't know. Yeah, he freezes. He does not know. To be continued. Hmm. <sighs> uh, what an incredible... like. What an ending. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I said this at, on the show or not, or whether this was before, but the wonderful thing about Strange New Worlds is there hasn't been a dip. Like, even Picard Season 3, as you know, if you were with us watching uh, that for that series, it had episodes that I classed as a dip, where I just went, that was not as good as the previous one, that was not as good as the next one. Mm -hmm. This has not had that. There has not been an episode of Season 2 of Strange New Worlds that I wouldn't want to watch again, or that I felt was a filler or everything is just like, I just want to see that again. I absolutely loved that. And it's phenomenal. Like I, like we we're saying about the musical, I had no doubts that they would not pull a season finale off well. And yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely love this. Like it's, it's the fact of it managed to do the stakes, like go, hey, okay, higher stakes. And once again, it flip-flopped. Like literally, once again, we went, we went serious episode, comedy episode, super serious episode, musical episode, dramatic finale, and with it just did threat. it so, it did it so yeah. well. But this is inherently what Star Trek is. It it has the ability, the gravitas, the writing to go this week. Say, I mean, look at DS Nine. This week, this is a Ferengi episode. Ha ha ha! <laughs> Iggy Pop, right? And then yeah, the, oh the God, week, that yeah. <laughs> but then the week after, it's like we are going to deal with post-traumatic stress disorder, and we are going to deal with how certain moralities are thrown out the window in order to benefit, um, the, you know, in order to in order to justify someone, uh, in you know, uh, joining the war and yeah. stuff like that. And Strange New Worlds is very like if you look at it, we had like the opening episode where it was uh it was at this planet and they were mining dilithium and it was a gang and it was like yeah that's fine then we had ad astra per Aspera, which was a court episode we then had tomorrow 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 which was a time travel episode which yeah. was phenomenal. an alarm episode which is very good yeah uh we then had uh what was after that that was rigel wasn't it rigel mm-hmm. thing? the memory one the memory it? one yeah we then had uh episode five which for some reason is escaping me at the moment. Hold on, episode. Episode yeah. five. Cause we had five because seven was released early mm-hmm. due to Comic Con. Um but it it my my point being, we have oh yes, it Going through my notes. To to Pring's parents. Oh yes, yes, and that was a great episode. Like it's just a comedy episode, and obviously I was I was a bit annoyed at that because it's like oh, all of the Sp- Spock is like basically the comedy, but yeah. it's absolutely. And then we brilliant. had and then we had Lost in Translation, which was an Ahura episode where yeah. it was a new species, and they you know we were the the Federation was killing this species that latched onto Deuterium, Deuterium, Lachaim. <laughs> then we had. Possibly the best episode in twenty years, the Lower Decks crossover. Then yeah. we had, then we had, um, Under the Cloak of War, which sort of like, you've gone from all the ha has and just done a massive one eighty, 
and pivoted to like again PTSD yeah. how war can never leave someone the trauma it brings seeing something that triggers you to go into a musical episode with Subspace Rhapsody to then go straight back to the other side again with Hegemony and you're like not many shows not many series can do so many 180s so many um, things of the pendulum and stay true to their characters. Exactly. Like it's the fact of every single episode in this is essential to the character development of stuff. And I think this is, you know, while we're saying this is a return to good, you know, like not, not good Trek, but good old Trek, you know, yeah. like they're, you know, and obviously people, you know, you get people online who are like, oh, it's a bit too Burnham for me. I don't really like it because it's like, you know, whatever. But it's this idea of like, this is the thing where the characters are front and center, but where basically everything, you know, guides a character in a certain way, rather than like some other shows where literally you just have a character who just changes their whole personality one episode in order to facilitate a plot, not mentioning Babylon 5. But uh, <laughs> the fact of like, but the fact of like all of this is true, like literally. We got we they used a musical episode to to build Lan's like character in a way that they couldn't outside of anything other than a musical episode. It's absolutely it's fucking genius. Yeah. They could not have said how Lan was feeling or portray that dilemma that she's in the same way that they couldn't have done it with Spock if they hadn't have had a musical episode. And that's just insane that not only was it a fun little gimmick, it's actually integral to yes, the character development in the series. It's, it's further developed the show and the characters overall. And it's like, yeah. this is not a standalone where you can just skip it. It's like, no, this is, you know, you yeah. learn new things about these characters via the, the mode of song. And it's... It, Again, very few shows can pull this off. Buffy did, Supernatural yeah. did, and it's like it 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 is a real testament. And when we do the retrospective for Strange New World season two, we will we will go more in depth about that. But for now, guys, we have finished. Oh la la la, mm. we have we have completed season two of star trek strange new world what a 10 weeks it has been it hasn't felt like 10 weeks i will be honest with you but i have loved each and every minute with it with my lovely co-host science officer sanoise oh, oh you oh you um next week though this uniform sanoise <laughs> is there a problem with it it should I'll be hang in the changing up. into are you gonna have to change into something I'm hanging the badge up. See this badge okay. here? Yep. Hanging up. Oh, the badge is off. The delta's off. <laughs> I think it's time for a holiday. <laughs> it's Captain's holiday. I think it's time for a holiday. How do you fancy a week on Riser? Oh, are you going anywhere nice for your holiday? Yes, I'm going to where the fertility symbols are. Oh, have you got... What What are they called? The little things? The, 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 the statues. Uh, I think yeah. they're just... Um, Oh, I should know this. There we go. I'm in holiday yeah. mode now. There we go. <laughs> it's too early. You've got a week. No, I've packed. I've packed. Hogan's winging it for a. Full it's a Hogan. It's a rising Hogan. 
Oh, that's it, the Hogan. Yes, so it's a Surely, surely you don't want the whore to be gone, though. So, anyway, next <laughs> week, guys, we will uh, we will be reviewing, because the Darble Wheel... Uh, the Darble Wheel, wheel decreed it. It, it, it. it ordered us to review the Next Generation episode, Captain's Holiday, where Captain Picard is forced to take a vacation. Um, I would love to know what a vacation is. I've heard rumours about it. I've heard it's quite nice. So I'm going to... I think I want to wear a Hawaiian shirt next week. I don't know mm. about you. I, I might do the same. Oh, We can have a Hawaiian shirt off because I've got one that is hideous. Have you? Hitty. Oh, well, mine aren't hideous. Someone said... Was it you or... Someone said, like, a Hawaiian shirt's supposed to be hideous, but you actually make them work. And I was just like, yeah. I have found my calling. <laughs> it's like it's that mix of being a nerd but also being the dude the so dude, it's yeah. like this this perfect sort of wonderful synergy there so guys i just remember that uh, my mum went on my mum went to a rock festival in a in ibiza and i asked her to bring me back the most hideous shirt she could and oh she went above and beyond so we will be <laughs> seeing that next week oh i can't wait for this guys if you are not already please subscribe to the Nerdy Up North YouTube channel. If you like this video, please click that like button and tap, caress, hold the notification <laughs> bell. Stroke it like a hogan. So that you will know each and every time we upload a brand new video to the Nerdy Up North YouTube channel. Want to follow us on all of our socials? Don't worry about it, brother. They're all down there, right in the description below. Do you like this lovely, gorgeous science officer that I've got right here? Well, you're in luck. All of their links are down there below. The Gold Podcast, <laughs> Velvet Snatch, Sonoise's twi uh, Twitch uh, yeah. channel, which he will be he will be starting a new game, I do believe. Wait, I still haven't decided what it is, but we've now got System Shock Sundays. It is a horror game, though, so if you're young, don't be watching that because it's all got monsters and stuff in. But we're doing that on Sundays uh, going forward, and considering how bad I am at it, that might be going on for quite a while. Lovely. Other people have completed the game in a couple of hours. Me! <laughs> you know, uh, and then we will be starting once uh, I have a couple of Fridays freed up. Because I am I was going to start a new game, but then I've realised, oh, I'm in Annick Castle next week. Uh, well, no, not next week, but the, the week, week after. after. And then after that, I'm at Lindisfarne Festival. So I'm like, maybe we should just not do the stream on fridays for a couple of weeks until well, I we won't be. dedicate time to it we, we won't yeah. be because i'm in the united states of them's americas in oh. uh september looking for a job so uh, <laughs> <laughs> employ him <laughs> employ hire me look um so yeah we are we are yet to decide what we do whether we're just gonna have a gif of sonoy's doing the dance from insurrection uh for an hour we don't know yet but um yeah so if you liked the intro music, that was our lovely 19 and a half foot tall Viking musical god, Adam. His links can be found in the description below. You can find me on... Uh, oh, God, what is... Hang on, let me just check what it's called today. X, formerly known as Twitter, at GoodwillNone. If you like to hear me rant about Star Trek all the time, please do. We've got a lovely Trek family going on over there. <laughs> If you like this podcast, you will also love Trek Culture, Shuttlepod, Clone Star, Spectrum Sanctorum, and many others 
in the description below. They are all of our friends. Support them. They support us. We are one big Trek family. We all want to grow together. And don't forget to sign the petition to save Star Trek Prodigy. But for now, guys, I think that's it. Do you have anything to add, science officer? I hilariously, I don't know, but I think maybe after this is when I'm on off the shelf for Spectrum Sanctorum. I think it might be when this goes live, but you will be able to watch back on it if you're not there for the actual live stream of it. I think I've totally forgotten because I had COVID and everything went crazy, but it's pre-recorded. Spoilers. <laughs> it's a bit like this. It's pre-recorded, but I think it might go out tomorrow. If not, uh, we'll put the link in the description below and I'll mention it in the next episode that we do. Uh, but you will be able to watch me show off my uh, Warhammer collection. <laughs> oh, wow. Online, which is good. That's going to be a good episode, guys. Be sure to follow Spectrum Sanctorum. It's stupid. It's very stupid because I was very tired when we recorded it. Well, speaking of very tired, <laughs> guys, it is 11.32pm at night <laughs> at, at the time of us recording this. This has been Trekking Up North reviews Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I'm a we, You're a gorn. I'm tired. We are going to go back to the adequate. We're going to go to bed. We're going to have a nightcap. Go to bed. Uh, in separate beds. I just want to point that out for in anyone that's thinking this order. Separate I mean, bunks. you know, it's a pretty fetching Hawaiian shirt, but it can take a couple more martinis. Hang on, you barely dented that bottle. Like I, I would have. Who said? That who said this now. was? Who said this was the first oh. bottle? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> God. Uh, <laughs> right, guys. We will see you all next week as we review captain's holiday the episode from star trek the next generation until then stay safe look after each other live long and prosper and we will see you next week miles miles okay cool <laughs>